Welcome to Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors, but don't worry, we're not going to preach. Nah, we think the best conversations happen on a canoe, especially ours. So whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe. Let's navigate a river together. You ever think, my boss's idea sucks? Actually, Junior, you used to be my boss one time, and so yes. (laughs) I'm still your boss in life. Oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I had this realization on Friday. I help out with my kids' school. Our kids are in the same school now at Christian Heritage Academy. They love it. Fantastic school. I was like, you know what? I better be a good parent and like help out, you know, volunteer. So I signed up to do parking, thinking, you know, I could just wave cars like Friday morning, Friday's yeah, my day easy off. Enough. I'll just wave cars into the parking lot. I think I'd be pretty good at that. So I show up Friday, ready to park some cars. And the principal, she's like the sweetest lady ever. She says, Junior, here's the job that you're going to have. And she's my boss, right? She's like, you're going to go into the vehicles when cars pull up and you're going to take the preschoolers and the kindergartners out of their car seats and you're going to walk them to their class. No. I said, are you sure? Look at, <laughs> look at how I look right now. You yeah. know, long hair, beard, tattoos. They got, they got the prison, the prisoner taking out little kids oh, from yeah. their car seats. The kids are screaming their heads off as I'm popping in. Come with me. I'm taking you to your class. <laughs> Dude, you're, that's going to be the most traumatizing thing for these kids, not school. But hey, she's my boss. That's what I got to do. I think I'm going to come this Friday with like some stickers and give to the kids. Oh, yeah. That's better. <laughs> hey, now, yeah, go, go with the man w- with the with the long hair, beard, tattoos, and stickers. <laughs> At least I don't have a van to put them in. But that brings up a relatable point, Junior. Have you ever had a boss over you and they're telling you to do something and you just you don't think it's the best move forward? Yeah. It's not wrong. It's not sin. It's just not what you would do. And you have a better idea. Yeah, there's this internal struggle with, you know what? I want to lead, but I feel like I'm just being held back. Yeah. How do you lead when you're not in charge? Because you should. Leadership is influence. As John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. You don't need a title to lead. In fact, fact, if you need a title to lead, you're a pretty bad leader. Leadership is influence. So how can you still lead when you're lower on the totem pole? How can you lead your boss? Is that even possible? Because I believe it is. In fact, we have a really healthy culture at our at our staff. We do. Level, right? We love, I mean, we absolutely love working yeah. together. And when I oversaw you, Jordan, you would lead me quite a bit, even though I'm above you. And I yep. lead my dad. Some, and there's a, the other night, my dad came over. He's like, I'm going to need some help figuring this out. So there's times where he really leans into me for my own leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So we have this beautiful culture where, you know, we're leaning into each other for leadership, where there's a lot of leading up within our organization. How is that something that you can do in your workplace or your place of volunteering or maybe even in your family? How can you influence up the totem pole? Before we continue, we have something you've been waiting for. Probably all summer. You probably haven't bought a single thing. That's right. Because you've been waiting on this for Riverviews. Jordan, you made fun of me when I first got these. I don't think I made fun of you. I just think you were being kind of a sellout. You're being a little bit of a simp, my friend. Why? 
Because your wife didn't like your Crocs, yeah. and she kept complaining, and you're like, oh, okay, baby. Okay. I'll get, I'll, okay, baby. I'll get some different shoes. No, it did not go down Next thing I know, you're wearing these hey, dude shoes. 90% of what I wear, my wife hates. So it did not happen like that. I was helping a guy out in the lake, and my shoe, my Crocs got like stuck in the muck, and I lost them. They're forever at the bottom of the woods lake. Like, yeah. That's, that's the truth. So then when I was like looking around and buying some, I was like, you know what? I think I'm too old now for Crocs. I think I'm a little too old now. So I went with the old man shoe. Hey, dudes. Freaking love these things. I wear them for a couple months. I start looking around, start seeing some other people wearing them, some other younger guys wearing them, like yourself. What happened? I went to the country club, the golf country club. Is there any other kind? <laughs> I see a bunch of I see we see a bunch of golfers wearing them to the pool. I said, yeah. "Oh wow, you know what this is? Classy. This is the classy croc." You want to know what happened at that country club? Where he got around? You know, what Junior's <laughs> wearing. He's wearing Hey Dudes now. Everyone <laughs> went out and got Hey Dudes. So I I found a pair that I like way more than yours. But they're they're what thirty five bucks on Amazon. Yeah, you can get them wet. Incredibly comfy. Feels yeah. like you're walking on a little cloud. Wear them without socks, and they're still a little classy. They are perfect for a canoe. What would you rate it? Five I'm star. giving it a 4.7 stars. That's pretty high. And I would also go with a four point. I wish they lasted a little longer. My pair's already done for the summer. Are you serious? I, yeah. So I'm going be, I'm just because mine. of the longevity. Four. Four, four stars. stars. The, but it is the official shoe of the canoe. Hey, hey dude. dude. Junior, we're talking about how to lead when you're not in charge. And it's yeah. just... We've all felt there. We felt it. We've all been there where you're in the second chair. You're not the top dog. You don't have the final decision. You lack authority. And so you think, well, because I lack authority, I lack really influence. Yep. And then the all too common conversation happens after you leave the conference room and your idea wasn't taken. You're talking to your coworkers. You're like, yeah, you know, I'd really do things differently, but you know, they just don't listen. They're kind of set in their ways. Is that where things are, or is there really something you can do? Or, or you sit in your butt and you say, you know what? One day when I'm in charge, that's when I'll start pulling. Yeah. That's when I'll start making waves. And that's doing when you stuff. know you're a sucky leader yep. when you're just waiting for the title. So, how do you lead when you're not in charge? That's a great question, Jordan. We've got four ways to lead when you're not the one in charge, and the first is the biggest. Yeah, if you don't do this one, none of the other three matter. So we're just going to spend the first half of this podcast on this alone because it is huge. And my guess okay, is... Okay, quit if you teasing think, me. Just tell if me. If you think you're good at this, <laughs> I bet you're not. What is it? Here it is. Create trust. Relationships, marriages, organizations, teams move at the speed of of trust. People look at a leader and before they follow you, they say, can I trust you? Or not even, you can even flip that. As a leader, as a boss, you look at those under you and you wonder, can I trust them? Can I trust to lean into them on some more? Can I trust to give them some more? Can I trust to just give them more freedom? Yeah. Often people who are frustrated under a boss thinking, oh, they never go with my ideas. A lot of times it's because the boss doesn't trust you. And part of the reason is, is because you're in the cubicle after the, after the meeting going, yeah, they just don't take my ideas. Yeah. You know, I do things a lot differently around here. And that's a great point because in leadership, we talk a lot about how to create trust with your employees or the people under you, but we don't talk about the reverse a lot. How do you create trust with the people above you? That's right. So let's talk about this. How can your boss trust you more tomorrow in order to give you maybe a little bit more freedom or lean into your ideas. Here you go. 
The first way to create trust, do quality work. Your boss is not going to lean into you if you're not doing fantastic work. Take whatever you've been given and do it better than the person expected. Yeah. So, so take whatever you've been given and go above and beyond. It's the, it's the thing is when you're working, you've been given a lane from your boss. And often yeah. we think like, oh, I want to be in another lane. I want to lead more people. I want my ideas to be taken. That's, my, that's not your lane. You stay in your lane, freaking rock your lane so much that you're asked to be in other conversations. That's right. It will create different avenues. But first, they just want to see, can you do the simple tasks that I've given you? Right. Yeah. Mo- mo- and so look at you, whatever you've been given and say, okay, this is what they expect me to do to do good work. I'm going to yeah. take whatever good works in front of me and I'm going to see how can I make this great. Yeah. Can they work with other people without ticking them off or scaring them away? Uh, can they take this project and do it well without making a bunch of excuses? Do quality work. That's the first way to create trust. Another way to create trust, champion their leadership. You big, and I'm not talking about like butt kissing because nobody likes that. I mean, I think we've all had people work under us where it's like, gosh, just stop. You're just (laughs) kissing butt here. Champion their leadership. Be a cheerleader of their leadership. When people aren't loving the decisions, when people may be questioning the direction, you reiterate, I trust this guy. I trust this girl. They know what they're doing. Let's just lean into them. Let's give this a shot. Which which butt kissing is when you're constantly going to the person and just kissing their butt. Well, we're talking, go to other people. Right. And champion the leadership amongst your amongst your staff and friends and other people. Yeah, the best thing your boss could ever find out is that you told another coworker that you love the boss or yep. that you really trust their idea. You respect. You know what that they know what they're doing. Another way to create trust is submit. Ugh. Because you have to. And we don't love that word That's submit at all, especially millennials. That's right. Because it's like, dirty. That's right. Well, in any movie, it seems like any movie, any you know show or any some power hungry. Boss is uh, submit, submit. Yeah, well, I'm going to be thinking that. It's just more of like the idea of it's like the hero is always the person who doesn't submit. Like the protagonist is always the one who, you know, went against the system and went against what everybody was thinking and won out. Or even rock stars, you know, like rock talks about, you know, Bon Jovi. You weren't born to follow. So it's just this whole idea of we hate mm. the idea of submission. But if you call yourself a Jesus follower, you have to be better at submitting than anything else. And we got to remember submission is not just you saying, oh, whatever, I'll just, it's, it's not surrendering. Yeah. It's not you saying, okay, whatever you say, I'll just do. Fine. You're and the boss. You just, I'll yeah, just drag my feet over here. About it. Submission, really, it's realizing that, you know what, my way actually might not be the best way in order yeah. to achieve this. But you know what, maybe they do know what they're talking about and I just need yeah. to humble myself. Yeah, they've been in a lot of conversations, been doing this longer than me, so maybe I should just lean yeah. into that. They're in the position and... Spiritually, we believe that authority is in the position because God has placed him in yeah. authority. Yep. And so when you're when you're just say, oh, whatever, I'm going to kind of uh, go around this authority, you're really... No. God put them as yeah. my boss, so I need to lean into them. The way that I obey God is by submitting to my boss. Fourth way, work to make them look good. Your boss. Look yeah. to make your boss look good, not yourself. That's right. You don't want to take all the credit. You know what comes to mind when I think about this is Brian, who works on staff with me. I used to work under him. Now we're kind of like at the same level, and we have different areas, and there's times where we submit to each other depending on what we're doing. But when it comes to preaching, a lot of times Brian will preach my sermons, and so he'll submit to my my teaching. And he'll go and he'll preach a sermon that I wrote. And people come up to him and be like, oh, Brian, that was such a great yeah. sermon. 
he'll be like, oh, you should tell Junior because Junior totally, totally wrote that. Now it was he communicated it fantastic yeah. and and all of that, but he's working to make those above him in that avenue look good. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about here. Dang. I just take your content and say, yeah, thank you. I appreciate appreciate the compliment. <laughs> no, I think that's a great way to do it. <laughs> so let's put a bow on this section. How, how to, we're just at point number one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> how to lead when you're not in charge. Really, yeah. it all sums down to, comes down to this. You got to create trust with yep. the people that are above you. Yeah. And if they believe that and that they can trust you, they're going to be able to give you a lot more and your leadership and influence will grow immensely. Hey, it's that part of the river. We've got some... A county in China is offering newlywed couples a reward of a thousand won. Won? That's like their currency, I guess. That's how you say it. Won? I don't know. (laughs) I'll probably be corrected by some. I don't know. Y-U-A-N. Okay. Won. If the bride is under 25 and under. So the China's trying to get more people to get married because they have this declining birth rate and they have this so population you get, problem. You get money if I marry a girl so, that's under 25. So if you if you're under if the bride's under 25, the couple gets 1000 won. That's a sweet I deal. Bet, yeah, I bet that's like 1000 bucks, right? Well, how much look up won. Hold on, what, I'm looking up right now. What's our uh, yon, yon currency? It is $137.50. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You, you did 1000? 1000. It's $135. Yeah, $135. So, okay. So, dude, it's a sweet deal still. How is that appealing? Think about all the stuff you could buy with $135. No, this Hold is. On, this I'm going to Google what you can buy for $135 right now. That's the dumbest um, thing I've ever heard. So, you, you, wait, you can get a bride for a, only, like, they're trying to make this incentive by saying you no, can get just, a. No, you get a bonus. Hey, your girl's under 25 years old. Here's $135. But who's going to get married for $135? I don't know. You can buy a four pack of Apple AirTags. <laughs> Okay. That's enough right there. I get married and I can track her. Um, an Apple pencil. That's pretty sweet. Okay. Sign me up. I should have moved to China long ago. This is insane. Yeah, it is really crazy. Okay. Would you? Do you think it's good to get married? We, while we're on the topic, do you think it's good, good to get married young? I mean, I did. How old are you? 24. 135 China. China, give me my money. I'm moving to China, bro. <laughs> okay. But yeah, well, how what, old what about, you? like, how's young? Like, how old do you? Are you? Think People who are 19, 20 should get married? I don't know. Do you think age matters? I mean, I've met a lot of old people who said they got married when they're 19 and they're still married. That's true. My grandparents. I don't think age matters as much as just your mentality going into it. Yeah. And are you really fully mature when you get married at 19? Are you really sold like this is the rest of your life? That's true. I, I did look up stats. There's no record that shows that people who get married younger get divorced more. Hmm. Same, same thing. Hey, Actually, you what, can buy a Kindle paper right for $135. <laughs> Get off this stupid $135. <laughs> All right, so you want to lead up. You want to influence your boss. So you create some trust. Next, be aware of what the boss wants. Save a list of 10 things that you have to do for your job. The reality is the boss we'll look at your list and there's probably two things on that list that he really wants you to knock out of the park. Yeah. But our tendency is we want to do the things that we think are most important. That's right. If you want to really lead in your organization and create even more trust with that, you have to be able to see, to see what's most important to the boss and you have to knock that out of the park. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if, if there's an event happening and I can't be there and I need somebody to really take charge of the event, who am I going to put in charge? 
someone who knows, who knows what, you want. what I want yeah. and they're going to do what I want and make things happen the way I want it to happen. Now, what about what, what about if you really don't want the same thing as what your boss wants? That's when submission comes in. Yeah. Then you're or, in no you, place to lead in that yeah. organization or you need to like or a new organization. Yeah. Go right? to a new organization yeah. or start your own business. But if you're in that chair, you've got to do what the people above you want and don't try to like create waves and change things unless you're asked to change things. I think a lot of times, especially millennials, we can be so cocky to come into an organization, whether it's a school, whether it, you know, you're working at a school or whether it's just like an office, a factory, whatever we come in and we're like, Oh, I'm going to change things here. No, that's not why you, unless they told you that's why they're bringing you in. That yeah. is not why you are there. You are there to do things the way the boss wants them done. So you better be aware. But of junior, that. I got fresh ideas. I got a new look at things. Yeah. Those ideas probably suck. <laughs> so you got to learn how things happen before you start changing them. That's, that's the one thing that, you know, we do at the church that I really, do love yeah. is you bring in new staff and as we're growing, I mean, we're growing pretty quickly as a church yeah. and it's been healthy growth. And part of the reason there's been that healthy growth is because as people are introduced onto the staff, we're not like, Hey, what's your idea? Let's just go that route. No, it's, you're going to do things the way we've been doing them that have been working. And then over time, as we have that trust and as you have learned how we do things, then maybe you can speak into some changes here and there, but learn the way the boss wants things done first. All right, number three is be curious about the whole organization. If you want to lead up, you got to just get out of your little pocket and your lane, not necessarily in the work that you do, but as far as being curious about the organization and what other people do. Yeah, what are the other lanes doing and why do they do it that way? Not so that you can change it, but just so that you know. I know one thing that my dad has mentioned, and he's mentioned this about you. I know he's mentioned this about uh, one of our new hires at camp, uh, Danny, who's uh, one of the directors. He my dad said, I love that both Jordan and Danny want to know how everything works, why it works. And not questioning in a bad way, why do you do it this way? Because I would yeah. do it this way. But just That's like, who does what here? And just being interested in the organization as a whole, instead of completely narrowed down on their own little list that they have to do. Why does that matter? Because it shows that you care about the bigger picture. It helps you do your job better. When you yeah. know how the organization operates as a whole, you're able to do your job better. But also, it communicates to your boss that you care not just about your lane, but you care about the bigger picture. Yeah, you care about what he cares about, and that is the bigger picture. Yes. And also, it, it also shows that you know the value that all the other teams and everybody else, what they're bringing to the table. Yes. So somebody who knows the value of everybody around them and what everybody around them is doing and what the boss wants, oh my goodness, that's the person the boss will be influenced by. Then number four, tactfully challenge up. If you don't do this, you're just kind of a butt kisser. This is what butt kissers don't do. They don't challenge. Because And what we're talking about, it sets this, really, it sets this point up. Because, yeah. again, if you don't have the relational equity and you don't have the trust, yeah. then you're not going to be asked these things. But no, eventually, and your challenges will leave a bad yes, taste. exactly. But eventually, once you build this trust, your boss and the people above you or around you who will will come to you and say, "Hey, what should we with, yeah. what should we do with this?" And they Are, want to be challenged. Yeah, and they they want to hear what you actually think. So don't yeah. just tell them in that moment what you think they want to hear, but actually tell them what you think yep. in a humble way. That's right. To influence, you must challenge. Without it, you're just kissing butt. Now, here's a as you just said, you got to do it in a tactful way. So how do you do that? How do you do that tactfully? Well, this is where submission comes in, especially communicating your submission. So one thing that I will do quite often, especially with my dad, is I'll say, you know, something like, hey, I, this is your call 
and whatever call you make, you know, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to champion that. But I just want you to consider this. This is just what I'm thinking. Yeah. And that communicates submission, but you also do it in a way where it's not necessarily public. You, you speak it's up. always private. You're not, you're not silent, but you are, you are private. You're yes. quiet about it. And yes. I think there is a quiet disposition yeah. of bringing these things out of respect and saying, Hey, you are my superior in this, but I still, you know, I would love to speak about this. And this is where most people are toxic because the only time they challenge is they'll challenge the boss behind the boss's back to the others, you know, in the cubicle gossip sessions. Cause of, they want, and they want to get some people on their side. They want yeah. some ammunition. Hey, right. you know what? Everyone thinks that, or yeah. you mean really you and the one guy, that you cornered in the lunchroom like that's that's who <laughs> you just want to be validated no it's toxic to challenge the boss behind his back to other co-workers even little jabs like oh you know we just kind of disagree on this or you know this is just it's not how we do things i just have a very different perspective all of that is toxic that is what you communicate to the boss after you have created trust and have been invited into those conversations until then you have no business communicating that to anyone at all ever at the end of the day, this is it. This is life. You're an influencer. You yep. were called to lead, even though you may not carry the title. You carry influence with you wherever you go. Hey, Jordan, you know what I've been thinking about? What? Where did koosh balls go? Anytime I think of a koosh ball, I can almost feel it in my eye. <laughs> okay, I thought you were about to say a hand. No, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, eye? you feel the eye. Yeah, like, because I would always whip them at my friends. My friends would whip them at me. Those things smack you in the eye, like the little threads would get all up in my eye. Sting for like good five minutes. Sting like the dickens. Koosh balls were the original fidget spinners. Yeah. Like, they just were so pleasurable in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Until you ripped all the little, you ever do that? You rip all the little bands off. Okay, I think you and I use koosh balls a little differently. Are we talking about the same thing, koosh balls? Yeah, we had all the strings on them. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I, I would never whip them at my... I mean, I, we'd play catch with you them. You never got hit in the eye. It's almost like no, when you I, think of a dodgeball... I would rub it on my face. You know when you think of a dodgeball? Yes. You can almost feel a dodgeball to the face and just uh, hear the ping. I can feel a koosh ball in my hand right now. Oh, I could feel my eye. <laughs> I had cooler friends. <laughs> or you mean, had more violent more friends. friends. <laughs> So you know what I love about koosh balls? What? We didn't have ADD medicine when I was a kid. You know what we had? We had koosh balls. <laughs> That's what you were given if you couldn't pay attention in school. Yeah, that's right. Where'd they go? Where did they? Look it up. Where did okay. koosh balls go? Do they still make them? Um, well, according to somebody on Reddit, somebody says the answer is the 90s ended. Um, somebody oh. else wrote, they're lying in a dump with Gak. Loam, moon shoes, and skip it. I was the man at skip it. I hated skip it. Oh, I think it was, was a shin breaker. I was the best at oh, skip it. Oh, man. Gak was the best. I can almost still smell Gak right now. I don't know how Plato made it past Gak. Gak's yeah. way better. So you can feel you feel the koosh ball in your eye and you smell the Gak in your nose. That's right. Skip it in your shins. <laughs> oh, the 90s. Where'd you go? Jordan, last night you dropped your boys off at my house for like, I don't know, a couple hours or whatever. Yes, thank uh, you for Whatever you're doing. And uh, your your youngest was sitting on my steps, like the porch steps, waiting yep. for my daughter to come back. He, he threw his ball into the neighbor's yard. So he was just kind of sitting there waiting for my daughter to go get the ball. And I sat down by him and was like, hey, buddy, how's preschool? Because like, what, he's three? Yeah. First time in preschool. And he looks down really sad and he goes, It's good. It's just a long time away from mama. 
That's funny because when That's I asked good. him how preschool went, he said, some prisoner took me from my car seat. <laughs> That's what we call a bookend. And then we drop him <laughs> off at his house. Yeah. Hey, like and subscribe is great for these podcasts, but give it a share. Give us some love. Tell a friend. That's right. We'll see you on the next river. I get married and I can track her. <laughs> <laughs>